0: Hi everyone, this is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to this episode of the Well Standard Podcast, part of the life season. Now, today's guest is the CEO of Betterment, and most of you know that name because they've done a phenomenal job of marketing, uh, but for those of you, of you that don't, Betterment is an online robo-advisor and a financial firm that was uh, started in 2008, and John just uh, really saw a tremendous opportunity in the financial services industry amidst uh, a pretty big crisis, uh, but he has uh, taken Betterment to a uh, valuation of a billion dollars, so clearly this guy knows a lot. Now, seeing as this season is life, my, my focus isn't on financial philosophy because what Betterman does uh, is on Wall Street uh, to an extent as far as equities and securities type investments. Okay. Uh, so getting into those nuances is not what this, uh, this podcast was, uh, was about. It was simply to see uh, you know, and talk to an individual who has uh, taken a huge challenge and opportunity uh, and capitalized on it for the betterment of himself uh, his team and his uh, his customers. Now, Betterment is uh, is in New York City. And as you'll see in the interview, uh, John has a very similar philosophy uh, in regards to that number one asset, which is uh, you, uh, the person, uh, relationship staff, uh, and of course, customers. And I think you're going to get a lot out of the interview. Uh, he gives some advice right at the end that I definitely want you to pay attention to uh, about how to capitalize on the greatest asset of all. All right, everyone, hope you enjoy Welcome to the special 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast. Celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are currently listening to Life Season 1. Okay, John, uh, welcome uh, welcome to the show. So it sounds like you're in a uh, beautiful, a big apple, beautiful New York City. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's not a bad
1: day here. It's on the cold side, but, uh, but
0: can't complain. Yeah, my parents are are still back east on on the cape and they've had kind of a miserable winter so uh, anyway people think it's a long one but you know i got i got the uh i got a a
1: really warm coat last winter and i have to say after having lived in new york for like 10 years it's totally changed the city for me like it just can't get so cold that i can't still get
0: outside and it opens up the city in a nice way if you're warm enough that's all that matters yeah and obviously with the cold you can always put on put on more layers yeah, well, good. Well, John, I'm I'm really excited to have you on. I mean, you've done a tremendous amount in you know less than less than a decade. Uh, so right now, you're you know, CEO of, of Betterment, uh, founder of Betterment. Uh, I love you know maybe for those who aren't familiar with uh, with the business. Uh, And you guys have done a a phenomenal job of marketing. So uh, I imagine it's uh, a name that most people are familiar with. But for those that may not be, why don't you give kind of an overview of how Betterment got started uh, and uh, and what you do as a service?
1: Betterment is an online financial advisor. We have customers who come to us and tell us about their goals and their lives and what they're saving for and their views and values and all those kinds of things and based on their personal situation we personalize portfolios for them we tell them how much to save and which accounts we optimize and automate all the things that they should be doing with their money so that they're on track to their goals and making the most of everything that they've earned This idea uh, came from my background consulting to banks. I worked for years uh, with some of the country's largest banks and and brokers. And uh, I I learned a lot in that time about how these big institutions work and how they think. And I saw lots of smart and well-meaning people thinking a lot about money and thinking about how do we make money and, and how do we optimize around making money off of our clients and I saw relatively little thinking about customers and humans and how do we make really smart advice accessible and how do we actually help people make better decisions. And so I saw this opportunity to build financial products around humans, to build build products that would help people make great decisions, that would help put customers back in control by giving them the information that they need to, to optimize. And and it was for me and it was for my family and for my friends and everybody like me who wanted the most from everything they've earned. They work hard, they, uh, they, they, they expect their financial services to work as hard as they do.
0: So this, this you know this season and thank you for that thank you for that inter- introduction um, and I'd I love to kind of dig just a little little deeper because this season uh, of, of our podcast is focusing really on uh, the idea of life liberty and, and property. And the idea behind life, which is you know the individual, I would say, and you alluded to it, uh, is one of the greatest assets that's out there, whether it's a relationship, whether it's you, your personal development maybe maybe talk through how you just you know made that connection and you know flip the switch to say, you know, this is what uh, i'm I'm going to do uh, and then where did you where did you start? I wanted to have an
1: impact. i when I was in in college, I got interested in economics and psychology and what's now known as behavioral economics. and the, 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 the That's always been an interesting area to me. When I graduated, I wasn't sure what I'd do with it because no one is hiring people who just want to make the world a better place by helping people make better decisions. There's no career path in that. So I thought for a while about being a doctor and I was working in the bio labs on, on neurobio. I was volunteering in the hospital and working with patients there. And neither of those things was really fulfilling to me. I loved the science, but I didn't feel like I was impacting enough. I wanted to be fixing the entire hospital, not just the individual patient. I saw so much inefficiency in everything. And I realized that to have the impact I wanted to, I'd have to go into business. And not really knowing what business meant, I moved to New York where The center of business and i looked around for people who seemed to be having an impact and one of my friends was consulting to banks and i never wanted to work for banks i never really liked financial services i cared more about people i cared about helping people and yet i thought i'll give this a try and i'll learn a little bit for a couple years and i'll see what i can do and in in doing that and in working in financial services i I saw there was a real opportunity to, to, to rethink it around human beings and to rethink it around the customer. And that excited me. And, of course, it's intimidating to leave a job, and I left uh, you know, a great job as a, as a consultant to strike out on my own and start a business. And I asked for a lot of advice, and most people told me don't do it. And they, you know, <laughs> there's some truth to what they were saying. It was, they said this is going to be really hard and, uh, and going to take a long time. Uh, and they were right about those things. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I had this, this view that I really wanted to, uh, to, to have a big impact, and I thought the way to do that is, is to strike out and do something on, on my own, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. It's been a great ride. It's, it's been a lot of fun.
0: Well, what, so what time frame is this? Is this pre, pre kind of 2008 debacle, or is this kind of right, uh, right in the thick of it?
1: In the eye of the storm. I, I was looking at starting a company in 2007 to 2008, and it was just as the financial services industry was kind of falling apart here, here in New York. And that added to the, to the chorus of voices who said, why would you want to do anything in this industry? It's, it's just... It's a terrible time to get started there, or
0: the best time, <laughs> or the best,
1: right? Sometimes those 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 turn out to be uh, the the real opportunities because a lot of the big financial services companies have been distracted, worrying about all the, the messes that they've made, and, and you continue to see scandals every year. Uh, from you know, most recently, it's it's Wells Fargo, and uh, but you know, it's 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 a it's a different bank every every quarter. It feels like it's getting in trouble for for something. So uh, all of that has uh, it's created a fertile bed. And still, I mean, if you look at the trust surveys, Edelman does these annual consumer trust surveys. Mm-hmm. Financial services come out at the bottom uh, score for all the industries. I mean, people, people trust anything more than they trust their financial services providers. And technology comes out near the top. People trust technology companies. And, uh, and, and my view is that's because technology is more reliable, predictable, stable, uh, than your typical uh, financial service firm uh, and and people believe that that uh, you know founders behind technology companies not always but maybe more than financial services companies have the customer in mind uh, and are, and are optimizing around building a great customer experience
0: so how did you set up so how did you set up maybe the culture of betterment because I would assume that with your your drive in order to get a team, your executive staff, your C-level staff, all on the same page, you know, assuming uh, they held the same beliefs as you, you'd have to set up a pretty strong culture. So maybe talk to how important that is to, to really what that future mission, of uh, what your mission of Betterment is and what the future looks like.
1: Yeah. Sometimes people ask me, is this a, uh, a technology company or is it a financial services company? when I usually answer, I'll say it's a tech company and we just happen to be in financial services. But I've been recently thinking we're neither. We're a consumer company. We think about the customer and it's different because it's just we we start from a different place than, than the typical financial services company. I go to, you know, I go to a lot of lunches and Meetings with uh, kind of financial industry bigwigs. I was I was at uh, one such lunch yesterday, and you know these are managers of big hedge funds and mutual funds and things like this. And the conversation there is all about these abstract forces uh, in the markets that have nothing to do with their customers. And so for me, the culture here is it's all about. Uh, it's all about uh, our our customers and optimizing around them and listening to them and building what they need. That's that's the culture of Betterment,
0: and that's where I mean I would see I think I saw a study yesterday that like seventeen hundred banks closed in in two thousand seventeen, and you know I, I I see the same maybe similar things, but you're right on the front lines. So what do you what do you see as the future of financial services? Because I would say the conflict uh, the conflict as far as you know what they're focused on meaning hedge fund managers executives of big financial companies what they're focused on versus really what people want right which is connection they want to feel they have a guide they have someone that's taking care of them like what do you think the future is is going to uh, to look like when it comes to financial services
1: our view is that the future of financial services is is centered around guidance that technology applied to just about any industry, if you think about what's happening in, say, transportation, we have much, much more technology being applied to transportation, first in mapping technology, and it's easier to get from A to B. And now people talk about self-driving cars and whatnot and optimizing routes. And really, it's, it's guidance. There's more and more intelligence that's helping to get us from A to B more efficiently, faster, more fuel efficiently, more comfortably, whatever it is. And in a sense, we're doing the same thing in financial services. We're bringing together a lot of data points, understanding your full financial life, integrating that and guiding you to better outcomes, still personalizing to all of your preferences and, and leaving you, you in control. And, uh, and that guidance really, we believe, makes us your central financial relationship. There are other industri- other you know players in in the industry who think the same. All the big banks see this coming too, and they think, "Wow, we should we should be in the guidance game." But they're banks; they're really good at selling banking products, or the mutual fund companies are really good at se- selling mutual funds, or the brokers just sell whatever makes them the highest commission. At Betterment, we're a fiduciary advisor; we're an advisor, and that's that's the only relationship that we have with our customers. And because we're an advisor and we're independent of the products, we're able to really recommend the right things for you. Uh, and, uh, and you pay us for the advice that we give and for the guidance we give. And we believe that's the right relationship to have with the financial services firm of the next 100 years.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if you know who Peter, Peter, Peter. Diamandis is, but I got a chance to, to listen in on his Abundance 360 conference that he had a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he's talking about all the different innovations that are taking place, you know, one of which is the whole 5G, you know, 5G internet, which will allow for, you know, the, the internet of things, connectivity, especially among cars, self-driving cars, you know, and so I think like the advent of technology and how much it's, you know, really replacing some of the, you know, the manual things that are being done, uh, it's, it's going really quickly. But I would also say that, you know, the 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 desire what people want as far as uh, connection is concerned is the reason why, you know, Yelp has put chain restaurants uh, out of business and why there's these mom and pop uh, boutique type of restaurants that are out there because they're the ones that are really, you know, appealing to those who want a good experience. And, you know, hence the the ranking system. I think the same thing is going on with a lot of these other uh, companies. Uh, and uh, you're, they're just not happy with the services that are being provided because that experience isn't there. Uh, and I think you're capitalizing on it. So, what do you? What would you maybe say is, is are some of the bigger opportunities that Betterment has because of this? You know, I would say societal shift, if you can, if you can call it that. Uh, but you have these massive companies out there. You have you know, still big brokerages, big banks, uh, big insurance companies. Like, what do you, what do you see as, you know, your opportunity as these companies struggle to kind of find their culture and their place in a quickly evolving world? Well, there's a few big ideas that that we're working
1: toward. I think already today, Betterment has just as a, as a baseline, we're already bringing together your full financial picture. We're giving you a sense of which accounts you should open, how much you should uh, invest in each. In a sense, it's that that dream of a totally automated and optimized investing account that's working for you every day. We've already realized that dream, and it's just getting better. And when I think about where do we go from here and how do we continue to challenge the industry and how do we continue to move forward, well, we're listening to our customers, we're responding to them, you know that. But some of the things that we're hearing are, I want this to be really fully, truly personalized to me in every way uh, that you know how. So for a long time, we've offered New York muni bonds if you're in New York and California muni bonds if you're in California. And now we offer socially responsible funds if you want to be socially responsible, or we offer income or smart beta types of funds if you want those types of things. But all of that, we're just pressing it further and further so that... We can build a totally personalized portfolio that performs better for you, given your specific views and values. And that's a really exciting lane for me that, say, the mutual fund companies can't do because they have one fund that serves a million people. And if you want this fund, you've got to be in the same fund as a million other people. We're personalizing a a separately managed account that's individualized for your needs. Uh, So that's a a really exciting lane that that we can go down that's going to be hard for the incumbents to keep up with. Another is, uh, is, is managing all of your savings. I think the way the industry historically has thought about giving advice is this life cycle model. Now, I, I read this great book uh, a couple weeks ago. We have a book club here at Betterment, and, uh, and we read the Financial Diaries and was talking about how real Americans have quite volatile incomes. If you look at the traditional life cycle model, People start, they're in debt in their early days, they start making more and more money, they start saving more, and over time later in life, then then they accumulate savings and investments and then spend that down in retirement. And that's all fair and good for the average, and it it looks good if you average across many thousands of of Americans, but every individual in this survey had income shifts of 25 or 30% in a a given year. Uh, They were out of work for some period of time. And these kinds of things affect all of us. It doesn't matter if you're poor or, you know, middle class or wealthy. You experience major shifts. Parents get sick. Childrens have, you know, maybe your kids want to go to grad school, not just college. Uh, maybe, uh, Maybe you want to retire when you're 50, not when you're 68. People, you know, like people of all income levels have positive and negative surprises to deal with. And I believe, we believe that... Everyone should have great financial guidance about what to do right now in this specific instance, not just this full like, life cycle plan, but what should you do today to be on track today? So that's an exciting area that, that we believe technology can, can develop a lot in the years to come.
0: So it sounds like you're gleaning a, a tremendous amount of feedback from, from current, from current uh, customers. Like, what are you, how, how do you go about, like, interpreting that data, interpreting those surveys, and then and then taking action on it? And are you seeing, are you typically finding those nuggets that are, you know, the, the consistencies across the board associated with those surveys? Yeah, so I have to give credit to the, the entire Betterment team here, because we have a lot of people
1: who are looking at, at all of this. And we do a thing at Betterment called Customer Week, where literally everyone in the company talks to customers uh, and it rotates, you know, through, throughout the year, who's 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 doing Customer Week. It's not all at the same time, but all of them are on the phones and answering emails with our customers, and that is a great way to firsthand get to understand who is calling in, what are they, what do they want to know. You see the common questions, you find patterns, uh, and then you come up with your own solutions that you take back to your team or advocate for when, when you hear other people uh, coming up with them. Of course, we're doing a, a, a hundred different ways of listening to customers. And, uh, and some of that is, uh, is, is the customer week I described. One is voice of the customer, where we're taking and aggregating all the feedback that our customers give and then targeting that at, at product managers and people who are building solutions. We do, uh, we do research with people who aren't yet customers but are, are prospects to understand what they're looking for. We have user design research that we're doing. Uh, with uh, with customers who are actually using the product and we sit and watch them use it to understand what they're doing. So there's uh, I could go on and on. It's, it's, a, it's a favorite topic of mine, but bringing the customers to life inside Betterment is an important part of, of my job. But fortunately, I'm supported by an incredible team who are all really passionate about our customers.
0: So I had a, I had a, a fascinating uh, dinner a little less than a year ago with um, uh, Doug Duncan, who's the chief economist of Fannie Mae. And he came in. I don't know if you much about him, but he came in right like when they went into receivership, and uh, it was it was fascinating, fascinating discussion on all fronts. But one of the things that I still you know think about is that is what he said really started to to save Fannie Mae was the fact that he went out and started to do. 10,000 surveys, you know, a month of people that held mortgages. And it was getting their feedback as far as what they understood and didn't understand. And they use that feedback in order to create policy, to create, you know, interaction, to create product, to create material that would answer the actual questions that they have, not what people thought they have. And I think that's, you know, one of those things with, you know, all parts of financial services, right, is there's this assumption of what people want, right, as opposed to actually going out and asking them what they, what they want. And, and those tastes are always are always changing. So I don't know. It's 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 fascinating that you guys are kind of on that on that cutting edge because I don't see a lot of companies that are uh, that are doing that. And I would say, you know, kudos, kudos to you guys for having that system because it's like you're you're creating opportunities based on what people want. So when you come up with the opportunities like they already want it. So it's a you know it's a win-win all around it sounds well, like well
1: when I worked in, in the financial industry I saw the same thing that that, that you're describing. I, w- I was I would work on product development projects and I Often remember being on a six-month project where we would go through and we would optimize around default rates and different credit scores and all the understanding of attrition and cost of acquisition, and build these really complex pricing models and, and, and design a product without ever talking to a customer. And at the end of the project, you know we, we would have iterated on the thing that already existed, the same old product, but we wouldn't have really innovated. And that felt limiting to me, and, and I wanted to innovate around around real people
0: well it's, that's all quantitative it's all quantitative in and, and you know you have the, the human element right as you mentioned before uh, you know behavioral economics has been fascinating because it really addresses the cause of that of that end you know quantitative measurement okay we don't have a ton of time, but i I really want to kind of get your your take on you know maybe some of the ways in which blockchain, crypto, and and how that's kind of working into the environment because you're a, you're a transaction business, right? So I would assume that you know you, you the utilization of, of blockchain number one from a technology standpoint uh, could be you know quite interesting, uh, but then also just as you've seen uh, those that are capitalizing on you know some of the Jobs Act crowdfunding kind of loophole to be able to raise money through ICOs. I'd love to get your take on that.
1: We're watching blockchain as a, as a company. We're watching it with great interest and exploring it ourselves and, and through partners to see if there are ways that we can incorporate some of the technology. Anything we can do to drive down cost, create value, drive more value back to our customers, that's exciting to us. And blockchain potentially presents those kinds of opportunities. There are there are certain efficiencies uh, and that, that that it might drive, and, and that's exciting. As a as a store of value or, or as an investment, it's as yet unproven. Uh, and uh, and while I know lots of people who are uh, it, who are uh, enthusiasts and hobbyists and uh, and investors in, in in crypto. Some of them here, uh, 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 our own employees. Um, and I don't discourage people from doing that. If, uh, you know, people who, who are into that, I, I think that can be, that can be fun. Our advice is just make sure it's not your entire life savings <laughs> that, that, that keep it to a small portion. And it's, and it's kind of, it's play money. It's uh, we, we threw out the benchmark less than 5% of, of your, of your money should be in any kind of speculative investment like that. So that's, that's the main advice I would say There, are really interesting, exciting area just don't put all your eggs uh, into that, that one basket.
0: So, and that's, you know, I wholeheartedly believe in the same uh, same thing. It's been interesting uh, with just people mortgaging their houses and selling off furniture and buying Bitcoin. You know, it's, it's uh, again, hu- human behavior. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's always fascinating to watch sometimes. Yeah. Um, all right, so a la- maybe a last uh, last question. So as part of your, because right now, you know, Betterment is, is for the most part, a you know kind of a, a securities-based type of uh, financial advisory. Where where do you see the fit of insurance and you know with these big mutual companies? Uh, even you know MetLife has have, had some major issues last last couple of years. But you know what, what would you say is is uh, is their role? And are you guys adopting new products on uh, on the near horizon? We uh,
1: we think about say our our competition broadly um, as, uh, as, as being uh, aware of what customers are, are, want from them. They're aware that people want more guidance. They're aware that people want more efficiency. They're aware that there's a group of people out there who really want to make the most of their money. It's just hard for some of these big firms to get out of their own way. It's hard for them to really change because they have a way of doing business that's built around selling a product. So, you know, you think about the mutual fund companies. Well, they're really good at selling mutual funds, and the life insurance companies are really good at selling life insurance. And it's a little hard for either of those types of business structures to get around true, holistic, customer-focused innovation and customer-focused guidance because they have a thing that they want to sell you. Uh, and, uh, and and so I, I'm... I have no doubt that all of them are having meetings today talking about how can we get better at this? And how can we get out of our own way and change? I'm just not optimistic that they're going to move very quickly.
0: No, I can say that from an experiential standpoint, because, <laughs> you know, you and I would just say that's the it's the nature of a lot of corporations that are out there. I would say their 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 uh, agility is is just not there. And, uh, you know, it's this, this corporate red tape and they've been used to things for so long. And I would say, you know, the younger generation, as they start to maybe replace some of the roles, right. That are currently being held by those, you know, who, you know, didn't have computers when they started, you know, in the, in the business. I think that is definitely going to change the dynamic because talk about human behavior. A lot of the kind of hierarchical you know, structure of these big corporations are all those that are over the age of 60. And I think that is you know, hurtful to uh, being agile in the, uh, in, in the business. But uh, I totally agree, you have a tremendous uh, opportunity. <clears throat> and I think Betterment you know, is definitely on the cutting edge. And I don't think that these big companies are bad. I think there's lots of good people who work there. I think they mean
1: well, I think they're trying hard. I think they were founded by good people, you know, and, and there's still good people who work there. So there's lots of these big companies, um, and they're, 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 they're well-meaning. I just think that people today expect more, and people today want better, and they want things that are really optimizing for them and working harder because that's what they deserve, and they, they, and they know they deserve it. And that's that's the customer that, that we see as, as as the core betterment customers, these people who have have worked hard, they're strivers, they they're aspiring, and they, they demand the best.
0: I totally agree. Okay. Well let's do this as a final a final question, which I think addresses uh, listeners and, and customers. Uh, and it, it comes down to you know what would you say is you know, big, the biggest opportunity for, for individuals in this day and age, you obviously are, are running a, a company that has employees. Uh, you see individual, uh, their, their drive, their ambition. Uh, and I think there are a lot of people out there that are really seeking guidance from those that have been successful. So you being one of them, what, what couple pieces of advice would you give to the individual that is, that is out there grinding, and you know, is, in, is in pursuit of, of a meaningful career, a meaningful future?
1: Not everyone has to start their own business and, 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 and not everyone will. Uh, and I think for all of us though, uh, it's valuable to have this, this customer-oriented thinking. If you really think about what, what impact you're having on, on the end customer, I think that's a valuable skill in any role, in any company. What's your contribution? How, how are you going to help the customer? I think that's an important hat to wear. Another thing that I talk about all the time is be long-term oriented. If you think about what's going to help you most right this second today, um, it may not be as productive as thinking about what's what's going to happen over the next five years, 10 years. And how, do, how do you optimize around that that long-term focus? Those are things that, um, that I talk about all the time and um, my favorite advice uh, for, for everyone, uh, if they are starting a company, uh, is to make it real. Uh, do whatever you can to make it tangible. So an example is uh, when we were starting Betterment, people would say, well, what, like this is a great idea. But it didn't really click for people until I had a website I could show them. And, and it was operational. Uh, and... And, and then you know we started talking to an investors, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this looks really cool," but it didn't really click for them. Until we had actual customers on the site, and we're getting like real feedback, and we had real users. And you know, even the little things like you can just make a business card that has your business name and, and your name on it, and that's a way to make that thing real, right? It, it, it's it's tangible thing that you can start to hand out. So whatever you can to get to that next step, make it make it real as quickly as possible.
0: Okay, well, John, I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. Uh, great insight, and congratulations on all your success. Uh, success. Look forward to seeing uh, betterment, maybe at a Super Bowl commercial in the, in the distant, uh, distant future. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah,
1: we'll, we we look forward to that we as well. That as
0: well. <laughs> okay, sounds good, man. Have a good one, and uh, hope will talk to you. All soon. right,
1: thanks so much for having me. Bye. Okay, take
0: care. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.